live from Cape Town. This is the Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM. So as you know, in this weekly show called The Burning Issue, we look at issues and topics that are very important in our community, matters that need to be highlighted, things that we need to discuss, things that we need to know about. And sometimes these things are quite heavy. Like this evening, we'll be talking about human trafficking. You know, this is something that is... Sure, I can't even imagine, like, why people do this. We are going to be unpacking it to understand it, of course, and find out exactly what's going on here in our city, in Cape Town and in the Western Cape. We will be looking a bit further beyond as well, because recently a workshop was actually hosted by the Department of Justice in the Western Cape during the commemoration of World Day Against Trafficking in Persons. And this highlighted the growing trend of child trafficking throughout the world. My name is Yazid Kamaldin. This show is Burning Issue. Let's get into it. So various community leaders and organizations attended this event and the theme was responding to the trafficking of children and young people. Now, even though South Africa has legislation in place to prevent and combat human trafficking in the country, the number of victims is growing. So the number of victims smuggled in, out and within our borders remains high. And the Western Cape is not exempt from the global phenomenon as recent cases of human trafficking have been reported in Cape Town over the past few weeks. In fact, as you all know, I'm a journalist, and just the other day, this week, in fact, the police sent out an email saying that they've arrested somebody for alleged human trafficking. And recent incidents include that of a 40-year-old man being arrested for alleged human trafficking here in Cape Town. And these cases are currently being investigated by the Hawks, so do join us in studio, of course, while listening, you can contact us, you can send us information that you might have on the topic. The WhatsApp number in the studio is 072-238-0712. You can also phone us on the number 021-442-3530. And as usual, it's not just about doom and gloom, it's also about hope. And that's, I've got guests here in studio. We're going to introduce them right now. We've got Cornell Philyun, and she's the coordinator of A21. And um, that is A21 South Africa Prevention Awareness. Cornell, good evening. Good evening, and thank you so much for having us on your show. Yeah, it's great that you are here. Um, Cornell, by the way, I knew exactly who you were. I just wanted to know if I needed to introduce anyone else as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> Kunal, <laughs> let's tell our listeners what is A21 South Africa Prevention and Awareness. So basically, um, my role is the REACH coordinator to simplify it more. Um, but A21 actually stands for abolishing injustice in the 21st century. So we want to see that human trafficking does not exist in our country because um, just so many people are being, you know, broken through this crime and um, this injustice. Okay. So, so what exactly... Um, is human trafficking. Let's get into that. Let's tell our listeners what human trafficking actually is. So human trafficking is the buying and selling of people for the purpose of exploitation. And that exploitation can look like many different ways. So someone can be lured through a false job or education opportunity and then end up in domestic servitude or um, labor trafficking or bonded labor or sexual exploitation. So there's various types of trafficking that or exploitation that can take place to an individual, uh, but most of the time it will be in a specific one of those. Okay. So is it, and, and what is the emphasis? The emphasis is that it's kind of like against your will, or is that is that really what it comes down to? Because we do have what could seem as uh, sexual exploitation, for example, that people might see it sexually sexual exploitation but then it could be like sex work as well you know yeah. so i just want to verify you know mm-hmm. like what makes it human trafficking well it is definitely against someone's will um there's no free will that where i'm like yeah i want to get exploited pick me you know yeah, so yeah. um it's definitely against someone's will where they are forced to do something um where you know 
you can as a, a as a sex worker you might choose your clients but then eventually it comes where it goes to trafficking is when you are forced and you don't have a free will anymore yeah. in that situation. I really wanted to bring across that point because you know it's 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 illegal. Yes. There are laws against this. You can't force someone to work for you. You can't force but that is what human trafficking that is what is happening. Exactly. Yeah. And like for instance this bottle of water here on the counter I can sell it to you because this is called a commodity. Is a human being a commodity? No, you can't sell another person's life. You don't have ownership over that person's life. Slavery is over. Yes. Yeah. We want to abolish it. <laughs> yeah. So, by the way, were you at this workshop by the Department of uh, here in the Western Cape? Uh, let me just get my departments right. Um, uh, the one that was held recently. Yes. Yeah. Listen, and I were actually attended, and mm-hmm. um, the Department of Justice. Here we go. Yes, so they hosted an event where community members came together, various government officials um, or departments, and then um, NGOs as well that's working towards combating human trafficking. So it was really a day where we could, um, you know, from our side actually show the the various methods, um, how people are being lured into those opportunities um, that's false. Um, But it was just really great to hear from various advocates as well, from the law perspective, and then also how we can work together as a community that it needs to filter from government also into community levels where people can take action. Okay, so in a way you've kind of given us some highlights of the <laughs> event now. Is there anything else that you took out of that event that, that you can remember, particularly for, you know, um, in fact, like, I mean, yeah, so was it important? Was it, was, was it fruitful? Was it beneficial? I think it's very important to have a platform where you can communicate from various departments of where you're at and then also what everyone's role is in the community because you you cannot fight something or overcome something as an individual organization. You need to partner. Partnership is key for us as an organization. And um, that day we learned to connect with more people from various organizations. And um, in anything you're really doing, if it's not this specific industry if you would like to say it like that um any other industry you need to be able to have partners in order to accomplish anything yeah so we are going to go of course we want to unpack it a bit but let me just quickly look at the whatsapp line because there are some messages coming through from our very attentive and participatory listeners our listener 3674 says everyone must try to watch the film called traffic traffic have you seen it I haven't personally seen okay, it. Cool. I've seen uh, many other anti-human traffic. Oh, human trafficking. Okay. Yeah. Well, we should maybe check that out. And then listen to seven nine four five says our home affairs system is not in order. My ex-husband took our children in December for a visit to New Zealand. They had a visa for one month, and to date, they are still out of the country, and nothing is being done. Wow. Is that wh- what is that? Is that like does that fall under human trafficking? Um, I think there's various departments that play a role in order to identify victims of trafficking, but also to prevent it. And um, I would say home affairs is a a key link in order to help us combat that. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's very scary that that situation took place within that department. but at the end of the day, I know that there are strong points within each department as yeah, well. Yeah, I mean, that, that that person is essentially just saying that her ex-husband took her kids and went AWOL. Yes. He's exactly. gone. That's, wow. So now let's come now to, um, let's start unpacking human trafficking. So why does South Africa, and even Cape Town, why does it appeal to human trafficking? What is it about us that makes it easy for human trafficking? So with... With our country, we're a source, transit, and the destination country. So that means source would be we as South Africans are vulnerable to become victims. We see 53 out of 100 people are vulnerable due to the lack of job or education opportunities and can get lured abroad or even locally being trafficked. Then we're also a transit country, so our borders are very easy to cross. Officials get maybe paid off um, through various borders and transportation. Um, so that's another reason. And then obviously we're a destination country where various African nationalities end up in our country, but also people are locally trafficked and yeah. obviously around the world as well that end up here. Mm-hmm. When we talk about um, human trafficking, is it something that is linked to syndicates? Um, are there syndicates operating trafficking people? 
Yes, I would definitely say so. Um, it's an organized crime, so you have to look at that aspect. It's not, um, I, I wake up and I feel like making an extra buck because I want to go to the movies or, you know, it's an organized crime. They plan through which borders they'll take you to, which accommodation they'll take you to exploit you or who are they going to sell you off to. So it is an organized crime and I, I personally would say it is linked. Okay. And... Um when we talk about victims, if if that's the word one can use, who who's being who's being trafficked? Um, what are you seeing? Those who are vulnerable, who's got a vulnerability aspect. We've had survivors that had a drug addiction, and then a trafficker or recruiter came to them and said, "I can help you get off drugs, but only to sell that person for the next couple of years in the sex industry." So um, it it will be someone's vulnerability. So there's people in our country; they need a job, they need to provide for their family, they might have kids, um, and they they're struggling to find that. Um, we even see with university students. They're struggling to, to get a job after university. And so they will go for the easiest option of, okay, this person is offering me 5,000 Rand. I don't need experience in that field, even though I have a degree in something, but it's something completely opposite. And they just trust too easily maybe that person where there's no documents to sign. You have to travel away from your home environment most of the times. So it's a vulnerability aspect that... Um, and is it men and women or, or, or what is it just women or yes we do have men and women actually yeah we've got a nice little poster for you as well but um, you can see you know four out of a thousand people are in Africa are being exploited you know the ratio between men and women about 45 percent of men are being exploited and that would look more towards labor trafficking bonded labor um, domestic servitude where men are being exploited where you'll find more with women are being exploited in the sexual exploitation oh okay i just want to say that we've had a second listener 9736 also recommending the movie traffic saying it's a good movie based on true events it's actually scary to see how big the syndicates are and then i don't know if we want to tackle this question now but listener 0115 has asked how instrumental are women in trapping kidnapping other women and children into prostitution drugs and human trafficking maybe we can unpack some of the modus operandi of of how people are trafficked yeah um you know the people will use male especially women are being used for recruiting others yeah. because they've got that motherly instinct and it's it comes across that you can easily trust a woman rather than a man um that we have found so it's they even with that story that i just shared where that girl got off drugs and then she was trafficked she was actually then used as a to recruit other girls if she didn't get somebody in for that night for the trafficker she would receive physical beatings um with the iron that you iron your clothes with you know so your own life so that's a, once again the manipulation and the cycle that goes on um in getting more girls or more guys into this um injustice uh-huh so 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 these a an entrapment yes are you they are trapped in homes or it could be homes um sometimes it's fa um not fabric sorry um factories yeah where men are being kept um where we've had that where, where men were kept and exploited in a factory and they had to sleep and eat and work there they were working um yes and they all went with a promise that they can send money to their family and then they ended up one one guy actually escaped and then were able to rescue the rest of the calling law enforcement remind so, us where was that um this was in um the kzn province kzn yeah yeah so we'd also like to look at um children and adults are they is the modus operandi different for children versus adults of recruitment and and mm. trafficking yes with um with children because you've got the acts the means and the purpose so with children there's no means you don't need to there's no fraud involved with them children are very uh, in their nature they will easily trust people or they will go with an adult and the reason why they are vulnerable is because they need that adult adult supervision so um with with them you'll you'll see that they get more lured through uh false relationships or through like things that they can get like oh you can get an iphone or you can get clothes or so that also goes more towards maybe the lover boy um where someone older will portray and say oh i love you and if you do this for me you, if you don't do it for me then 
you know, you don't love me. So that manipulation goes on. So they'll receive more physical things where with adults, they get more tricked through false job opportunities. So as a journalist, I've written about this and I've read or rather I've written about um, how women in the Eastern Cape, for example, were lured to Cape Town. And in mm. fact, there are homes in there have been homes in Milneton where women have been kept as um, sex slaves, essentially. And um, they were lured to Cape Town with job opportunities. So that's another modus operandi. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of people actually travel with the free taxis that's that's coming from the Eastern Cape and then they believe that there's a job opportunity either domestic work or in a hotel where they can work mm-hmm. so are, do you do you come across people or, or do you also work with victims who have been trafficked and do you do you um, I mean I don't know do you help people yeah so yeah. so part of um, A21's operational strategies we've got reach which is um, we want to reach the, vulner- the vulnerable and disrupt the demand and then we've got our rescue operational strategy, which is we work alongside the Hawks and law enforcement in order to see uh, people rescued out of these situations. And then we've got restore, which is we actually assist the survivor then to get their life back on track. Mm-hmm. And this might be a strange question, but have you, have you experienced incidents where people were not actually aware that they were even human trafficked? I mean, could it be like somebody is so victimized or so I don't know like mentally abused that they don't even realize they're being trafficked yeah that is there there is um, we've had cases where somebody don't recognize or when we uh, do a screening where someone's like I'm not a victim of trafficking because they don't understand the concept human trafficking itself so that's why education is so key to educate people like this is what human trafficking is before they can identify themselves as a victim okay well let's go for a quick break and after the break we also are going to welcome more guests to our show live from Cape Town this is the voice of the Cape 91.3 FM We are now going to welcome to the show Joan Fannikerk and she is a child rights consultant and member of the International Society for the Prevention of Child Abuse and Neglect. Joan, good evening. Welcome to Burning Issue. Hello. Hi, can you hear us? I can hear you. Thank you. Okay, awesome, awesome. Good. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. So good evening to you and your listeners as well. Yeah, the many thousands of listeners. Good. Yeah. Joan, so look, this um, before you came on the show, I don't know if you've been tuning in, but we've been talking about human trafficking. We've laid the foundation. We've said what it is. We've talked a bit about how it's done. Um, we now want to focus on the risks for children when it comes to chi- when it comes to human trafficking. Um, so let's talk about that. As a child rights consultant, um, you know, w- what are you finding? Well, what we do find is that the risks for children are very high because children are naive. They sometimes are quite happy to go with someone who is perhaps vaguely familiar with them or even a stranger to them if they're offered some kind of incentive. I know we often talk to children about not taking things from strangers or people that they're not familiar with, but children don't have the ability to um, to to put aside what they want instantly um, in order, to, you know, anticipating that something negative can happen. Um, children don't have that level of maturity right until their teens very often. And so we do find that children are very vulnerable, and they're vulnerable for trafficking um, in this country and sub-Saharan uh, countries as a result of HIV and AIDS, but also as a result of poverty. And often if there is a problem within the family, the child may become very vulnerable runaway children are very vulnerable. So we see children trafficked in South Africa 
for a whole range of purposes. Often it's for sexual purposes, um, where children may be brought from rural areas to urban areas with the promise of a better life. Um, sometimes they are trafficked for domestic work, and sometimes the domestic work and sexual abuse goes together. One of the most tragic pieces of research uh, that uh, I was involved in when I was still with Childline was the trafficking of children for the harvesting of their body parts. And I think we've all become very aware of this uh, risk uh, when it comes to albino children. But sometimes children are trafficked for other body parts as well. Um, when we did research into this particular phenomenon, um, in Mozambique and in South Africa, we found many, many stories of children who had disappeared or been found with their various organs removed. Sometimes the child's brain, sometimes the heart, sometimes the genitals, um, in the belief that this would bring good luck or enable someone to have a baby, a whole variety of reasons for the trafficking in body parts. So is that is that linked to sort of like, um, if one can say, uh, sort of like myth, mythical kind of reasons? Very much, um, because obviously it's not uh, true that um, wearing a child's penis around your waist is likely to help you fall pregnant. Um, but belief systems are very strong. And you do find people who are, ex uh, you know, they exploit people, other people who are naive and um, trusting. Yeah. In the same way that children get trafficked because they're naive and trusting. Yeah. I'd like to talk a bit about the work you do at the International Society for the Prevention of Child Abuse and Neglect. Uh, this it says international. So, yeah, does that mean you have offices around the world in other countries? Tell us a bit more about your organ about your society. Um, well, this is a multi-professional society. Um, the head office is in uh, Denver, Colorado. And then there are counselors around the world who are involved in various projects, such as training, such as uh, developing training materials, um, writing up research, uh, supporting new professionals working in the field. The Society also has regional and international conferences, and their next international conference is in And yes, trafficking is something that the International Society is very involved in and very concerned about. Um, and we find that it's a, a worldwide phenomenon that children are taken from one place to another, not necessarily even from one country to another, but we see children trafficked within countries um, for various purposes. So you might find children from the Philippines that are taken to um, other countries to uh, act as servants. And um, sometimes children are trafficked as a result of a debt bondage of their parents in some parts of the world. So the parent has a debt to someone and the child is taken in payment for that debt. Um, and that is quite problematic as well. Parents sometimes do not know their rights. Um, and sometimes they do not know how to protect their children in some communities in which there's very high levels of poverty. Mm -hmm. And sometimes parents give up their children because they are told their child will have a better life. And meanwhile, their, traffic, their child is trafficked into prostitution um, and so on. Just to also mention that boy children are just as vulnerable as girl children in terms of trafficking. Sometimes boy children are trafficked to work on farms, sometimes to um, act as jockeys um, in informal races in some communities. But also we have high levels of boys being trafficked into prostitution. We tend to think of prostitution as something that just affects girl children. Um, when children are being trafficked for prostitution, but boy children are equally vulnerable. Mm -hmm. They're often unseen. Yeah. Joan, can you talk a bit about the prevention work that you do? 
Oh, yes. Now, I must just tell you, there's a worldwide movement, and South Africa has signed up for this, although I don't know what progress has been made as yet. Um, I think the political issues um, that beset the Department of Social Development, the Minister of Social Development, um, must have been a big distraction. But the World Health Organization, UNICEF, ISPICAN, the International Society, uh, the, um, and a whole lot of other international organizations have joined forces in order to really roll out prevention strategies to help children remain safe from all forms of abuse, including trafficking. And they have a, um, a charter that they're working to in which um, they're encouraging countries to reform their laws, to give a lot more support to parents, to make sure laws are implemented, um, to work with youth um, in order to give youth the skills um, to anticipate when they might be in, um, in danger or at risk, and also skills to deal with life's problems. Because sometimes it's problems at home that cause runaways and so on. And um, they have pathfinder countries, in other words, countries to which funding will be given in order to implement these programs and test them for their effectiveness. Ch uh, South Africa has signed up to be a pathfinder country, as has Tanzania, uh, Mexico, um, and a whole lot of other countries around the world. There's quite a long list. If people are interested in this, they, they must Google the global movement to prevent violence against children because it is the first time that we have a concerted effort like this around the world uh, to try and prevent or intervene early with children who are vulnerable. Okay. I have to ask you a very important question, though. It seems that parents are part of the problem in some cases. What is being done in that situation? I mean, it just sounds like poverty drives some of this. I'm sorry to use, you know, I, I'm just making an assumption maybe based on what you're saying. But poverty seems to play a role, yeah. Poverty definitely plays a role. And this is of great concern in South Africa where we do have areas in which levels of poverty because there's no employment are incredibly high and even though we have child support grants it's very important to remember that a child support grant sometimes has to support a whole family and one might say that it's for the child but unfortunately the family do share and there has to be a caregiver to look after the child who also has to survive as it were and our child support grant is very, very basic. Um, it certainly is not enough even to feed a child for a month, um, let alone other people in the family, and let alone clothe the child and pay for schooling requirements and so on. So poverty is a huge problem in this country, but so is parenting. We do know that when fathers stay with families and are engaged with their children, those children do better. There's li less likelihood of girls falling pregnant and the girls getting hooked into unacceptable sexual behavior. And so our appeal to men is please, even if you and your partner break up, remain engaged with your children. Um, and don't just become a telemachine um, if you are fortunate enough to have a job. Because it's that engagement with the child, that interest in the child, um, inquiring about school, um, spending time with the child, uh, maybe even going over homework with the child, that is so valuable and contributes to children being safer. When parents are disengaged, this is when a, a child becomes particularly vulnerable. Uh -huh. Well, Joan, I mean, it sounds like you've you've given us a lot to think about in terms of the uh, what's happening in the country and also what is what some of the drivers are of uh, child trafficking in particular. Um, any closing remarks from your side? Yes, you know, you were absolutely right when you talk about the importance of parenting. 
Parents are absolutely vital to the care and protection of their children. And I know that parenting is very hard. I had three children. I, I often wonder how so many children survive to adulthood and how many parents survive as well, because parenting is really tough. Being a good parent is really tough. But I think it's really important for parents to understand the importance of their role and to make sure that they really are engaged with their children and talk to them, communicate with them. Provision of material needs is not enough. Children need more than that. Okay. And that the those are the words of Joan Fanikar. Joan, thank you so much for joining us this evening on Burning Issue. It's a pleasure and thank you for targeting the subject of trafficking. It is hugely important in this country. Mm-hmm. Thank you there to Joan. And of course, we want to encourage you to participate with us. You can phone us on the number 021-442-3530. We also have the WhatsApp line 0722380712. Canal, yeah, that was quite a lot, eh? Yes, it's very interesting to hear it from different perspective and just like what Joan also, you know, deals with on a daily basis and learn from other organizations. Mm. I mean, they focus specifically on children. You focus on children and adults. Is that correct? Or yeah, for, for us, we, fo- we focus on adults only. We're not, um, we will assist children alongside with DSD, but DSD would be the... That's the Department op- of Social Development, yeah. Correct. Mm-hmm. So... Um, we we mainly focus on adults, but if cases come in with children, we work alongside with DSD. Mm-hmm. So so how does that work? So how does someone even reach? How do you even get to someone? How does someone even get to you? How how do people get out of this? So we have a national human trafficking resource line, which the number is zero eight hundred. I'm going to write that down so we can repeat triple it. Triple two triple seven zero eight hundred. Triple two, triple two, triple seven. Triple seven. Okay, that's an easy number. And um, that that line operates twenty four seven. So we will either get um, the Hawks or law enforcement give us a tip and ask us to do a screening, or um, we will get people from the community phoning in, or where we've done training with frontline professionals, and they will actually contact us and to assist and then assess if it's a victim of trafficking. If it's not a victim of trafficking, then we will phone our referral partners. So, for instance, say if if it was a rape situation, we will call the the correct organization to assist. If it's missing persons, then we'll contact Pink Ladies or the missing persons unit, same with Childline and so forth. Um, So we get our tips from the community. So it's very key that if the community sees something, that they say something. What if there is someone listening to us right now who might be looking at a job advert and might be wondering if this could be a human trafficking situation? Can you can they contact you to help and verify and, and find out if that's a legitimate job? Yes, they actually can. They can also find the resource line for that. They vet businesses, internship programs across the world. It's not just in South Africa. Rather go and do your homework than applying for something and you're, you're not sure what the, the benefits or the conditions really are. Mm. Like I mentioned earlier, there's normally no contract to sign. They'll pay for everything for you to get there. They'll offer accommodation. And most of the times it's through social media platforms or WhatsApp um, or email accounts or those uh, communication network changes all the time. It's different people or different numbers because a, a trafficker can have more than one number. They can have six to, but different numbers. So just being aware of where you're getting it from, what is really, if someone's going to say, you're going to make so much money, I would want to know how much I'm going to make, you know, so, or if training is going to be provided, I want to know how many days it's going to be. So it's really important if you're looking for opportunities to really ask the right questions. Yeah, I mean, let's just be honest, though, like some people in our society are so desperate for that break, for that opportunity for a job, yeah. that these kind of questions won't even be coming into their minds. They'll just be like, I want a job. Yeah. Someone's saying I'll have a job in, I don't know, if I'm sitting in some small town in wherever and somebody's saying to me, come to the city, here's work, I'm going to, yeah. people might believe that, you know. Yeah. I think with that, I just want to maybe guide it towards, there's actually an organization called Arambi and they educate or assist people with finding job opportunities opportunities and really educating you how to behave in an interview questions to ask how to answer it so that would be a great organization to link with if you're looking for a job and just to get more training on um to work in a professional field yeah you know um 
after the break, we are going to go for a break now. After the break, I just want to go into something. I saw a video once about how a human trafficker grooms a victim. And I'd like just to hear some of your insights on that because these are the telltale signs that we want people to be aware of. Exactly. This is Burning Issue. I'm your host, Yazid Kamaldin. We're talking about quite an interesting but also hectic topic. It's human trafficking. And we have, of course, in studio, Kunal Falyun. And Kunal, yeah, before the break, we were talking about... I was mentioning that I've seen this video where they show how a human trafficker is actually grooming a young girl, kind of like becoming friends with her. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's trying to get her to... You know, he's trapping her, actually. Yeah, is that is that, promises. Is, mm, is that how it works? Um, yeah, you'd need to look at... There's quite various ways. You can either be lured through... If you're, you know, middle class to higher class, you can get lured through parties, but also actually on ev- any level, really, um, where you... Even get, social media, eh? Yeah, social mm. media, um, starting a false relationship with somebody saying that you like them and that, you, oh, you know, they're pretty and stuff, and then... They have this false relationship, the person falls in love with this person and then they fully trust them because maybe at home things are not that great. Um, Parents are fighting or, you know, it's just not liquor there. So um, that's one of the ways. Another way um, is obviously like with children, it would be with gifts. Um, You get the lover boy where he would actually say, no, I'm going to give your parents groceries, but I want you. And then he sells them off to other people. So basically what I'm trying to highlight here is that, you know, sometimes um, there is someone in your life who might actually have very ulterior motives for you. Exactly. And they will prey on the vulnerability. So you need to, everyone has a vulnerability. doesn't matter which class you are or, you know, what color skin you've got. Everyone's got a vulnerability. And that's the very thing that, they will um, work on or, or prey on in order to trap you into this false life. Okay. Look, I now want to invite Advocate Gary Titus onto the show. He's the Communication Officer with the National Prosecuting Authority in the Western Cape. Gary, good evening. Welcome to Burning Issue. Good evening, How are you doing? I'm pretty well myself. I'm good, but there's just a bit of almost like you sounding like you. Mm, I just want to improve the sound quality of Gary. Um, Gary, um, yeah, let's talk a bit about what's happening in the Western Cape. So, could you maybe give us an overview on the outcomes of the workshop that the Department of Justice recently held? So, just one little correction, Yazid. I am not the communications officer in the NBA. I'm a prosecutor. And I hit the Western Cape Human Trafficking Task then. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay, yeah. well, thank you for that. It's just that I've been given the wrong information, unfortunately. No, but, not a problem. But given your description, you definitely then are the best person to be speaking to from the National Prosecuting Authority. Well, I hope so. You want an overview on the Trafficking Persons Workshop, which is held in the Slave Lodge here in the city on 30 July. Yeah, that's exactly... Um, mm-hmm. Uh, World Day Against um, Trafficking in Persons. This was an open public event um, hosted by the Department of Justice seeking to assist in raising awareness around human trafficking amongst community leaders from the townships in the Cape Town area. So the objective of the workshop was to sensitize and also to um, attempt to build some capacity of the community leaders and also to to help them um, in identifying possible human trafficking cases. Now, these cases never present as a, a human trafficking case, but they come through in various forms. It could come in the form of a rape incident, under underlying crimes such as kidnapping, assault. It could be prosecution offenses. It could be offenses relating to, to labor issues which may have been reported to police. But scratching beneath the surface, one may find that it is, in fact, a, a trafficking matter. And that is that was the objective to establish whether there is an awareness amongst community leaders, whether there is a way of reporting, whether there are reporting structures, and also to um, network with the community leaders to make it easier for them to access the uh, provincial traffic task team um, and its members. 
Okay, well, just by the way, we also have Cornell Filyun from A21 South Africa Prevention and Awareness Institute, and she was also at this workshop, by the way. So I'm going to have both of you joining us for the same conversation, essentially. Um, yeah, so, but let me just also ask another question, um, a provincial level question. What structures are in place in the province to address human trafficking? Well, we have the provincial, the Western Cape Provincial Human Trafficking Task Team, which is um, headed, or at least it's chaired by someone from the NPA. And um, the, the task team, it's fully functional, it was formed in July 2010. It's multi-sectoral, so with a number of stakeholders from both civil society and from the government sector. And the task team has four strategic objectives. They are prevention, um, and that is normally done through public education and awareness rating campaigns relating to trafficking in persons, thus empowering communities, creating more awareness. Then the um, other objectives are protection, and we do that by ensuring that there's a holistic integration of services that changes these trafficking victims into survivors. And it also partnerships by encouraging partnerships between the government and civil society agencies and the community to monitor the risk of causes and contributing factors to trafficking in persons. And also your last objective would be the prosecution of these matters. And this is primarily mandated to the NBA. Um, and cases are, yeah, they're being reported and they are being prosecuted. So now, more, yeah, yes. sorry. Furthermore, these meetings are held on a monthly basis. There is a second leg or a second arm to the trafficking business task team, which is uh, the operational arm, which we call the um, rapid response team. And that team comprises of mostly the investigative agencies. Uh, I'll touch on that just a little, in a little while. Then the provincial, one of the Gary, rapid response Gary, team, which feeds hi, Gary. into the provincial. Gary, can you hear me? Gary, can you hear me? Gary, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay. Can you Gary, hear me? I just, yeah, I just want to say that, you know, I, I have some questions that we need to go through as well. And our listeners are interacting on the show, so I, I have some questions from them as well. And there's a question that came through now that I want to dispel, something that is um, an opinion and a, a, a kind of perspective that people might have one of our listeners just sent us a message listener 0274 this is for you this person says we should get rid of all the foreigners in south africa because these things only happened or started when foreigners were let into south africa and they brought in various diseases and schemes and they shouldn't even be here is human trafficking something that is only linked to foreigners can you please tell us what are you finding not at all. There have been arrests. There are cases before the court, and not all the perpetrators are foreigners. There are perpetrators that are South Africans as well. But bear in mind that trafficking happens, and Canal will, will, will confirm what I'm saying, that trafficking happens within the family as well. And most of the perpetrators, or many of the perpetrators, we spoke of the love of method, many of the perpetrators do in fact know the, the victims beforehand. There's relationships, they know each other in okay. many cases. Mm. Kunal, what is your input to that question, to that listener? Um, I agree with Gary on what he's saying. Um, is it a misperception that, that it's, it's just foreigners who are bringing these? Uh, yeah. I would say it's a misperception because you can get trafficked locally between provinces as well, and you get people from various other countries which is part of it but it's um i would say it's a misconception to say it's only foreigners because we have south africans that's also involved of, involved in this okay i just really wanted to put that out there you know because very often we have people um saying things which might be what other many quite a number of other people are thinking you know yeah, yeah. yeah. so gary um we just have a few minutes before we go for a break. In fact, we have three minutes before we go for a break. Yeah. Um, I just want to ask about um, victims when they come forward. What kind of protection do they get? Because especially considering that they could assist the authorities with arrest and so on. Are their identities protected? Are there laws that can help that protect them? Well, there are laws that... Um 
compels us to at least protect their identities. There have been a few issues quite recently relating to um, the identities of victims being disclosed um, by the media. There has been a case that was reported recently, and I think it involved trafficking for labor purposes in the Asmal area, where somebody was arrested, and I think the person appeared in court, and in one of the newspapers, the names of the victims was in fact printed in the newspaper, and there were pictures of them as well. And Section 23 of the Act clearly says that um, any information that could lead to the identification of a victim of trafficking or suspected victim of trafficking or a child in the care of a victim or suspected victim or the place where the victim of trafficking or suspected victim of trafficking is accommodated or treated um, is committing an offence. We've had, we've had issues in newspapers, or not in newspapers, in the press, where there's a matter in the stand, in the stand where somebody was also arrested for um, alleged trafficking in persons, and even there, the, the venue where the incident should have happened was disclosed in the Moulton area as well. Same thing. So, um, yeah, there's a, there's a penalty, and the penalty is a final imprisonment for a period of exceeding 15 years or both. Okay, great stuff. Well, Gary, we are now going to have to break for our prayer time. We do thank yeah. you, and we would like to bring you back on the show after the Ishai Adhan and Salah. Certainly. We are now gearing towards the end of this evening's edition of Burning Issue. I'm your host, Yazid Kamaldin, and we've been talking about human trafficking this evening. And, of course, we've had studios, uh, guests in the studio. We've had people on the phone. We still do have guests in the studio and people on the phone, by the way. And I just want to thank our listeners, of course, for interacting with our show. Listener 9389 sent a message. It's an excellent program. I was sent the following warning today. There were pictures of men unobtrusively lurking around a school at the end of the school day and learners seemed unaware of this um it there was a registration of a white van parked close by and the listener actually wants to know what does one do in a situation like this and then also the listener has forwarded another message that says these guys apparently steal kids for 5,000 rand. They were spotted in Worcester and are now operating in Cape Town. Please look after your kids. Kunal and Gary. Gary, are you there? Huh? Yes. What do you make of this? Let's start with Kunal. Kunal, what do you make of this? Is this Could this be legitimate? Uh, I would definitely say yes. We've had about two, I think two years ago, where the same um, incidences took place around schools. And um, just where children are being targeted because they're in a vulnerable, you know, as like a vulnerable state at that point in time. They're at school, they don't have their parents there, the teachers can't focus on every single student that's in and around school and what's um, taking place. And even, you know, today after I left the school, um, after a presentation, there was a, a young girl sitting outside and I said, it's better for you to sit inside the school than outside and wait for your parents there. And she was still going to wait for about an, an hour, you know. So I think um, it, it's really important for parents to educate their children on where they need to wait in and around school for their safety. Um, there are people that are luring around schools, targeting young people. Okay. I'm going to come back to you, Cornell, to talk about what you do at schools to raise awareness, but let's go to Gary. Gary, what do you make of this? Well, I think it should be taken seriously. Um, if the person that saw it wants to remain anonymous, that's a tip, and that can be sent, or they can call the 0800 number. Um, Cornell's organization, the 821 campaign, they can facilitate, um, or they can engage the police. Otherwise, um, nothing stops the parents from just getting hold of the school, calling the school number, and then just or alerting adults to make sure that the person or the perpetrators that are lurking at the school that are aware of it, that somebody's watching them, doesn't make them feel uncomfortable. 
Okay. Now, I really want to get um, Cornell to let us know a bit about the work you do at schools. Yeah, I will tell you in just a moment, just to hop back to that previous one, I would also say, along with what Gary's saying, is if a school noticed this, phone the nearest police station and report this incident that there's people that's not meant to be around the school operating um, that you can report this matter. I think within South Africa it's so important to report issues that's taking place or crimes that's taking place within your community because if you stay silent it will just keep operating. Um, regarding awareness in schools we actually do various presentations. Um, we we assist with primary school presentations that's age appropriate um, and very interactive as well and then high schools we've got a general presentation um, and also we've worked along amazing schools which invited us to some of their um, events that they do where we set up info booths or we just work together with mm -hmm. them to bring that awareness I just want to read I just want to read another message that has come through from another listener a listener of 7842 has sent us a letter that was sent out from the Metropole Central Education District and uh, this letter says let me just go to it it says it was received today on the WhatsApp group it says please be aware that there has been a series of child abductions that took place the past two weeks in the Zonnebloom and surrounding areas. Multiple cases have been reported of learners walking to and from school and being drugged and taken in a van or vehicle. The cases thus far have been brought to the attention of the police in the area where the abductions took place. Kindly alert parents. This is shocking. Gary, are you guys aware of this? Are you on this? I'm, I'm not aware of that. But you remember that when I started, I said that many of these trapping in person matters don't be good as one would just see somebody being grabbed. You know, you're trapping in person matters. It, it, it normally appears in the guise of something else. Abduction, kidnapping, etc. I would think here we are not aware of it. Um, I would assume that somebody would have contacted the police and made them aware of it. Yeah, the SAPs, this, according to this message, um, the police are aware of it. So, I mean, so you're saying human trafficking is what you look at, and this is, of course, uh, something, you know, this is more like abduction. Yeah, but it, it, might, it might turn out not to be abduction if it's investigated further. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. You understand? That's a guy that would, like, for example, you may have a complainant coming in and it's a hate matter presents at the hospital. Uh, perhaps the person is there with somebody who speaks a foreign language or somebody speaks on behalf of this complainant all the time. But during consultation, there may be signs that the person may be drugged or, 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 or detained. Um, healthcare professionals. They would pick up signs that are indicative that a person may be a traffic victim and they would then engage or they would contact the police, the hawks, they have good relationships with them. And, and that is how information comes to the fore. Not necessarily as somebody has been grabbed and beaten. It could be an assault victim. That could also, it could also, the person, the victim could also present as a normal assault victim. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, Gary, there is another question that I needed to ask you, and it's around South Africa's um, status as a, a, a country that is not doing enough, allegedly, to combat human trafficking. Um, and I'm sure you're aware of this report that was put out by the United States uh, State Department's Office Trafficking in Persons. And this yeah. report came out in July, and it downgraded South Africa's rating and placed the country on a watch list after failing for a second year to allocate further funding to anti-trafficking efforts. Now, we have seen, according to the Directorate for Priority Crime Investigation, that's the walks, we've seen they have reported that it has investigated 92 potential human trafficking cases with government initiation prosecutions of 23 cases this year. And it says it's an increase from just six the previous year. So, um, may I ask you, what do you, how does the how do you respond to this? I cannot comment. I'm not at liberty to answer that question. Okay. Statistics. Um, I'm, unfortunately, I can't answer that. Mm -hmm. But I mean, if I can just ask you a question, do you think that we are doing enough as a country around human trafficking? 
Um, I'm not going to answer that question either. I mm-hmm. think we are doing our level best. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what would be enough or what would term being enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gary, then I'd like to also come to the efforts that the NPA is doing. We've heard from Cornell, we've heard, you know, they're going to schools and so on. Do you interact with community on a grassroots level or, or, or does this kind of thing happen? Will you make the public yes. aware? Yes, I yeah. do. Please I tell us about it. Mm-hmm. I do. I think recently we did something at one of the high schools in Athens, about Grady High, fairly recently with the Department of Justice. Um, yes, I do quite a number, but quite a bit of it. Not okay. only at schools for communities, training for stakeholders. Uh, there's quite a bit. And not only the MBA, but members of the Trafficking Person Stars team, they're all involved in awareness raising. The Department of Local Government is also stakeholders. They also do some awareness raising in that, in that regard. Okay, so so I mean it's good to hear that because I, I I definitely want to also inform the public about empowerment initiatives, you know, things that are that are working. So that's why I was yeah. asking that question because I'd like you to expand even tell us about the things you are doing, you know. Yes, it's more as I said the awareness raising um, at the Department of Health. We were involved in conjunction with the eight twenty one where they were initiatives to um, increase the, or, or to capacitate staff to identify the of trafficking and what to do if a victim is identified. Then there were issues around what your sentence would be, that sort of thing. But it's quite a bit that, that is ongoing amongst not only the NPA, but all the stakeholders related or that's involved with the um, trafficking person's um, um, provincial traffic person starts to. Okay. Kunal, a walk. What is happening? Yes. Yes. Stop. Yes. Time mm. to get your techies ready. <laughs> <laughs> um, on the 20th of October, we are walking for freedom. Um, this is uh, the largest global awareness event um, that A21 hosts. Yep. And um, you can register online at a21.org forward slash walk. We've got. 12 walks within Africa, so there's eight within South Africa that you can register for. We've got one in Cape Town as well, and it's a Saturday morning, 20th of October. You can bring your family, uh, preferably not the animals, but um, <laughs> you bring your family and friends and come and join us. It's a silent march that we do, and you actually we play a podcast where you can listen to survivor stories and how they were set free, how they were tricked, and then how they set free. And um, we have coffee for sale beforehand, your breakfast roll. And where is it in Cape Town? We're going to be at Cape Town High School um, grounds. And you can find all the details on the website as well. Purchasing of your T-shirt that you'll wear on the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a fun way to, to get the community involved, but also to bring that awareness across to people in your world. Okay. So we are about to wrap up the show very shortly. I just want to know from um, yourself, Gary, before we let you go, any closing remarks? Um, it's been great being on your on your show, and I'm very excited and very happy that there's further initiatives by um, the media to further raise traffic awareness. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you there to Gary, and he is, of course, from the National Prosecuting Authority. We do wish you all the best, and we'll stay in contact. Thank you, certainly. Yeah. Kunal, any closing remarks from yourself in A21 South Africa Prevention and Awareness? Yes, I would just like to thank the listeners for tuning in, but also I want to put out the challenge. If you are a teacher, or if you're a parent, um, or if you are a business person, Please invite A21 to come and do a presentation where we can educate your peers um, or colleagues um, on this Are you guys issue. on social media? Can people find you? Yes, please yeah. follow us. It's A21 South Africa on Instagram and Facebook and then A21 on Twitter if people are still tweeting. Um, so please follow and share because you can share that information with someone that we don't have a relationship with and you may just save a life. So please also follow the awareness initiatives if you want to volunteer. You can um, email us at info.sa at a21.org. Or if you just want to know more, please also hop onto the National Human Trafficking Resource Line website, which is the number 0800 
www.org.za and you can actually find more information on human trafficking and also the frontline professionals you can find out also about training fantastic Cornell thank you so much yo there was a lot of information I was just like stop Please. <laughs> Gunal, thank you so much for joining us in studio. Thank you so much. Yeah, and listeners. Till next time. Yeah, thank you so much for listening, tuning in. Of course, we are back next week, inshallah, with Burning Issue. From myself, Yazid Kamaldin. Assalamu alaikum.